بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الفه وأكرمني بنور الفه اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين We've been studying different characteristics of the honorable people. And the last one was that they have a desire and inclination towards doing good things. When they want to do good things, they don't have resistance in themselves. Or when they want to avoid doing bad things, it's not that there is great pressure inside for doing bad things. And we mentioned some hadith. Related to this issue is the way they look at dunya. For every person, the greatness of dunya is decided by how great he or she is in himself or herself. If I am a <clears throat> person who is not very, you know, developed in his spirituality, who has not developed, you know, a strong relation with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who has not developed you know, love and respect even for himself in a true sense, which is different from being, you know, proud of yourself. If you don't have that self-respect, you don't have that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then for you, dunya is magnificent because you are smaller than dunya. You are only a small part of dunya. If you look at just yourself as if body or as a physical object, as a, I don't know, kind of worldly object. So dunya is magnificent. If your spiritual side is developed and you have grown in your spirituality, your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have come to know that there are things which are greater than dunya then dunya would not be the only thing which matters for you. Dunya would not be something that would only catch your eye. So, depending on how great you are, you can understand how small and insignificant the dunya become for you. There is a famous hadith in Nahjul Balagh, Amir al-Mu'min salam when he talks about a brother in God, a brother in faith that he had, and those who are commentators of Nahjul Balaghet have different opinions. Who was that brother? And Amir al-Mu'minin says, Kana li fi ma akhun In the past, I had a brother in God. 
Some say maybe he's referring to Rasulullah himself. Some may say maybe he's referring to Abu Dhar. Anyway, one of the things that Amir al muminin mentions about that person is Kana yu'udhimuhu fi aini siqaru dunya fi aini Kana yu'udhimuhu fi aini siqaru dunya fi aini What was making him great in my eye was that dunya was small in his eyes Okay, so because dunya was small in his eyes, so it means that he was greater than dunya. And therefore, in the eyes of Amir al he was a great person. In Khutbah Muttaqin, Amir al Salam, when he describes Muttaqin, he says, al khaliqu fi anfusihim ma dunahu fi a'yunhim. Muttaqin are the people that in their self, in their heart, in their soul, Allah is great. Therefore, anything lower than Allah is little in their eyes. So, if you are a person of honor, okay, it means that for you, there are things which are more important than material things, more important than worldly things. Then for you to have a very balanced and measured relation with dunya is possible. Otherwise, you become obsessed with dunya and you want only to work for dunya. Dunya becomes the only thing which is important for you. Let me mention also some hadith which clearly talks about karama and dunya, the relation between karama and your understanding of dunya. Amir al-Mu'mini said, Man karamat nafsuh sagurat dunya fi ayne. The one who is honorable in himself or herself. He has an honorable self. Dunya becomes little in his eyes. In another hadith, Amir al-Mu'mini said, Allah hurrun yada'u hadhi l-lumadhata l-ahliha. Is there any hur? Is there any free man? Any honorable man? I think once I mentioned that hur is the one who does things because he has a moral character. He has moral conscience. This is hor. Okay? In some versions, the same hadith comes with a, you know, an addition, extra word. Allah hurrun karimun yada'u Which very much uh, confirms our understanding of Hur. Is there any free person, any no honorable person, any noble person that would leave aside this Lomadha referring to dunya for its own people? What is Lomadha? 
Lomada is the little food which remains in your mouth after you eat. You know, between your teeth, maybe some food remains. Okay? That is Lomada. And no one, you know, has any interest in that. Amirul Mu'minin in Nahjul Balaghe uses some examples and parables that really destroys the attraction of dunya. Like, you know, for example, uh, yeah, the water which comes from the nose of a goat, for example. Or sometimes it's like a, I don't know, a sh shoe which is, you know, sewn out. Here, Amir al-Mu'mani says, this dunya is lomada. Means just little food which has remained in your mouth after you had your meal. So, Amir al-Mu'mani says, is there any honorable person who would leave this lomada for the people who are interested in it? Why you are so much interested in dunya? Amir al-Mu'mani is telling us why you are so much interested. This is lomada. Then he says, إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَأَنفُسَكُمْ ثَمَنٌ إِلَّا الْجَنَّةِ For your soul, for yourself. Anfus can mean soul, can mean self, which is not different because our self is made by our soul. There is no price for yourself or your soul except heaven. فَلَا تَبِعُوهَا إِلَّا بِهَا so don't sell yourself cheap. Don't sell yourself with anything other than Jannah. You shouldn't replace yourself with something from dunya. Because anything from dunya is is retail. Allah has given us a soul which is greater than all the treasures and all the you know, reserved money in all the banks. If we appreciate. Another quality of those who are Karim is their patience and persistence. Imam Hussein alayhi salam is quoted as saying to Abu Dhar. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for patience and nasr, victory or assistance. Nasr can mean victory or can mean assistance. Ask Allah for patience and victory or assistance. After that, Imam said also, seek refuge with respect to jaza jasha or jaza you know <coughs> like uh, crying and uh, lamenting for losing something in dunya jaza then he said this this is the point that i wanted to mention fa inna sabr 
patience menadine wal karam patience is something which is from religion and it is also from karam from honor and dignity it means that if you are a religious person you have to be patient if you are an honorable person also you have to be patient and if you ha- you are both then you must be very patient yeah With respect to religion, there is no way to be religious unless you are patient. It's like a head for body. And there are you know, different types of sabr. Of course, we don't want to discuss about sabr. But no one can remain faithful without sabr, without patience. Also, if you are a karim, if you are honorable, you have to be patient. Because if you are honorable, then you would face situations in which you should control yourself. Okay? Of course, those who are karim, they don't feel the pressure of patience. You know, when we say sabr, it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be bitter. Sabr is bitter for the people who are not very patient. Like the hadith that Amir al-Mu'minin, sorry, Imam Sadiq says, نَحْنُ صُبَّرْ وَشِيَعَتُنَا أَسْبَرُ Imam Sadiq says, we are patient, but our Shia are more patient than us. Then you wonder how you can be more patient, then he explains. Because we are patient with respect to what we know. They are patient without knowing. Okay? If, for example, uh, someone is hungry and is waiting for food. Okay? If he doesn't know that making a delicious food takes time. Waiting for food is very difficult. But if you know that making a delicious food needs time, it has to be well cooked, then that patience is not difficult for you. Indeed, you say, I want to be patient because I want to have well cooked food. Okay? If you know what you gain by your patience, it becomes easy for you. And this is why we can be grateful and at the same time patient. Allahumma inni as'aluka sabra shakirin. I want the patience of the people who are grateful. So an honorable person, if compromises about some of the things that other people do. For example, he doesn't eat, for example, walking on the street. Or for example, he doesn't do certain things because it doesn't look prestigious or honorable. He doesn't, you know, for example, uh, put on every dress. He doesn't go to every place. It's not bitter, you know? Some people maybe when they pass by these pubs and you know nightclubs, 
sometime maybe they say, I wish at least once I could go there and you know, see what is happening. But if you are an honorable person, you never feel sorry why you are not going there. Yeah, because you know what is happening inside is not something, you know, interesting. So, some people don't do bad things, but they feel a kind of, you know, maybe pain. As if they have lost something. But an honorable person doesn't feel that he has lost anything. Because his <coughs> honor is more important. Anyway. Amir al-Mu'mineh says, فَإِنَّ الصَّبْرَ مِنَ الدِّينِ وَالْكَرَمِ Another thing that we find in hadith about honorable people is... Pardon? Is it time? Just a few minutes I will finish. Another thing that we find is that those who are honorable they would not let other people enslave them. This is very important. An honorable person would not let people enslave. Amir al-Mumni said, La takun abda ghayrik qad ja'alakallahu khurra. Khur, the same khur that we just explained. Allah has made you free. Allah has given you honor. Don't be a servant, a slave for another person. You can help people. You can work with them based on a kind of agreement or contract. But don't let them treat you as a slave. Dictate you to do what they like without considering your interest. The last hadith about this issue is... What Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said about an honorable person being careful with respect to his or her request. We are all needy people. Yeah? No one can say, I don't want to ask people for help. We all somehow need each other. Okay? What is important is whom we ask for help and how we ask them for help. Otherwise, we have to. First of all, we should be careful about the people that we ask for help. We shouldn't ask people that who would humiliate us. Also, we should not ask people for little things. As much as possible, if it's manageable, don't ask you know, for everything. You know. Sometimes you may have this uh, experience, you have some neighbors that all the time they come to your house. I need onion, I need potato, I need you know, meat, I need bread, you know, all the time. This is not good because it's better that if you don't ask people, unless it's necessary. You have to manage your life in the way that you don't need you know, to keep asking people. But also how to ask, this is also important. So, Rasulullah says, Utlubul hawa'ij bi'izzatil anfus. Ask for your hajat, ask for your requests and needs, but with dignity. If you, for example, need to ask something from your manager, from your boss, ask it 
politely but with dignity. Not, you know, go as if, you know, you are a slave. And, you know, humiliate yourself in front of your managers to get what you want. You have to have your honor. You have to have your prestige. Some people, you know, when they want to apply for a job, they are ready to compromise even about shari requirements, you know, fiqh requirements, as if this person is razzaq. Keep your honor, keep your faith, but with polite and nice manner. I'm not saying to be harsh, but there is difference between not being harsh and compromising about your deen, deen or dignity. So, we have no choice other than asking people for help, but it has manner and etiquette. When it comes to mu'minin who know each other and trust each other, they're like family members, of course we are more relaxed. But when it comes to people that are not that much close, then we have to be very careful. So this is one aspect of Karim. Inshallah, we will continue uh, this discussion next week. وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين